Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Penguins' power play and the Steelers' offense have something in common. Neither can score. We'll lament about both. Despite an undefeated season, Florida State was left out of the college football playoffs. Was the decision justified? We'll weigh in. Longtime Pirate manager Jim Leland was elected to the Hall of Fame this week. We'll talk to Bob Walk, one of his former players, to get his reaction and hear some stories from the glory days of Pirate baseball. I'm Dave Glass. I'm Dave Herzing. And I'm Bob Anderson. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review. Sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome back to the studio, gentlemen, and uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us at a new time. We couldn't be without D here for the next season or so, or for the next couple months. D, how's the season going for you guys? We won our first game over at St. Francis in the Clearfield League, which they do a wonderful job over there with youth basketball. They really promote it. Uh, it's more of a developmental league. They allow some things that maybe closely refereed games don't allow, so it gives the kids a little more freedom. But the fifth grade Loyal Suns won their first game, so I was very pleased with them. Hip, hip, hooray. Right. All right. There you go. Well, it was a rough weekend, guys, for Pittsburgh Pittsburgh sports fans. Um, I took my frustrations out the same way that many people do. I went to Facebook, I posted a poll, and I thought, well, let's get some listener feedback. And we got quite a bit. Uh, I asked, what, which of these was the most embarrassing? We had the Penguins power play in there, the Patriots being shut out at home, Deontay Johnson celebrating a meaningless touchdown or the NCAA snubbing FSU. Dave, I know you're chomping at the bit up over there, so we'll let you go first tonight. Well, I mean, I, I, look, I, I think I even answered all of the above were pretty embarrassing. I, I thought that you could have made a case for any of those. I think obviously around here, people are like, well, who cares about New England? So I don't think they got very many votes. But really, I think that the real story is Florida State. I mean, and, and we're going to talk about it a lot. I don't understand how a power five team can go undefeated. And then there's this, you know, revisionist history looking at their schedule and all this nonsense and, you know, oh, their quarterbacks out. You know what? That's got nothing to do with anything. You have to judge them based on how they've been. I saw a lot of memes this weekend after Jacksonville's quarterback Lawrence got hurt saying, well, the NFL is going to have to take them out of the playoffs because, you know, their starting quarterback got hurt, which I thought was pretty funny. But for, for those f- fans out there, that are Penn State fans who maybe think this is justified. I just want to bring to your attention that if this kind of logic were applied in 1986, we wouldn't have had a national championship because there's no way that these this mentality would have allowed Penn State to face Miami in that game because everybody before that game was saying, oh, Miami's going to kill them. It's not even going to be close, blah, blah, blah. You can't have upsets if you don't have underdogs. Absolutely. The, another thing that people brought up was the TCU team that got in mm-hmm. and they got smashed by Alabama. Well, they Georgia. won Georgia, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, sorry. They won their semifinal game. Yeah. That's what people yeah. feel. So they did what they were supposed to do. And yeah, Georgia, they ran into a juggernaut. But still, um, I know there's a lot of people that have very strong feelings about this. What this boils down to simply is ratings. They're saying that the, the, the semifinal matchup between Michigan and Alabama is one of the most sought after college football tickets in recent memory. They said the ratings, it's going to be watched more than, than the game. It's going to be watched more than the Ohio State versus Michigan game. Um, that's what this is all about. 
Florida State, in my opinion, got hosed. Uh, they did everything they were supposed to do. I'm a Penn State fan. I have nothing in this. But when you go undefeated and you're a Power 5 team and you have a team that they won against, a, and it was a rivalry game, but they should have lost that game to Auburn. No, oh, absolutely. Bama should have lost that game. They had a 99.8% chance to lose that game, and they ended up winning, and, and Texas beat them. How is Florida State not in? It doesn't matter. Bama's there. I'm 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 going big blue. I'm rooting for them because I just it's nice to see Saban lose. Well, this is exactly the reason why I'm not a big college football fan. Because to me, it doesn't come down to what happens on the field. It's about judging. And you might as well make it gymnastics or diving or something else because <laughs> somebody else is determining who the winners are based on their performance. So really, I feel for those kids at Florida State. There was absolutely nothing more they could have done nope. this year to get into the playoffs. They did everything they could on the field, but it was the off-the-field stuff that kept them out. Now, well, here's my question to you guys, though. Okay. Which of those four teams would have you left out? Alabama. That's okay. not even a question. Yep. Alabama. Alabama. Alabama had a loss. Alabama lost to Texas. But they beat Georgia. Yeah, you know what? I, I get it. And, 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 hey, Georgia has a case. I mean, because Georgia's sitting here saying, look, just because we lost last, does that make us worse? I mean, here, here's the thing. The 12-team playoffs going to solve all this. Next year, we're going to stop talking about this. We're going to be arguing about two-loss and three-loss teams that should be in. I don't care about that. As long as all the zero- and one-loss teams get in, if some two-loss team gets hosed, eh, you know what? You should have won another game. It, you know, Penn State. Penn State has no argument this year. And, and next year, if they were, like, ranked 13th, I'd be like, you know what? Win a big game. Win yes, a big game. Absolutely. But, but when you're a team like Florida State that every game on your schedule you won, and I, look, you always say win, the only thing that counts is the win. Alabama did win the Iron Bowl, but that was the miracle, not quite the miracle of all miracles. We were one of the bigger miracles I've seen. I mean, that play should not have happened. No. And, and, and if they talk about one play making such a huge difference in the way this all played out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, I, there's a stat here that someone put on Twitter. I, I wish I could credit the person, but the college football committee, for the most part, never put the four best teams in the college football playoff, despite them saying so. If they did, then TCU would have would have made the playoffs in 2014. Ohio State would have made it in 2015. A&M would have made the playoffs in 2020. Penn State fans remember this. Penn State would have made the playoffs in 2016. Georgia would have made the playoffs in 2018. And Bama would have made the playoffs in 2019, despite ending the regular season with two losses. So again, Mike Greenberg said it best. We've turned it into figure skating. Booger McFarland was very passionate about it. Um, I have no dog in this fight. I just think Florida State really did get hosed. But again, that's neither here nor there. I, I truly hope Washington wins it. My eyes tell me that Washington, they've had the toughest schedule. They've they have really been tested. Penix is a heck of a quarterback. Um, the Michigan-Alabama game, Michigan is favored. Uh, I don't. I don't know why they're favored, but they are. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be exciting either way, but 12 teams is going to be amazing. Wouldn't that year. be amazing if, if the Pac-10 goes out with a bang it'd be and incredible they win it all. i mean yeah that's who i'm rooting for i'm, I mean, I'm actually it, it, rooting for washington to win it all now before you know bob before before we lose this segment we have to talk about this power play let's do it i we mean we have to talk about which this is worse play. the the penguins power play or the steelers offense i think the penguins power play i'm sorry to say it it's I mean, awful when you've when you're 24 games in and you've given up i think they've given up four shorties and they've only scored seven. So they're only a plus three on the power play. I believe that's the worst in the league. Yeah, and they haven't scored a power play goal since November 11th. Yeah, it's, it's almost yeah. a month now. It's, it's hard so, to believe yeah. with that talent. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, you know, I've seen the, the advanced stats that say they're generating, high, you know, excellent scoring chances and all this. You know what? They don't pass the eye test. I mean, they're giving up so many odd man breaks shorthanded. 
that's like, what are we doing here? And it kills the momentum too. Oh. I mean, it, you know, if I was there. An average power play, they'd have four more wins. Oh yeah, I was I was at that game Saturday night uh, against the Flyers, and if they could have just got one power play goal, they had a minute in overtime, four on three. You got all this space. Nobody wants to shoot, and when they do shoot, it's always into somebody's skates. You know. Um, so way too predictable. I can't believe that they can't come up with a better system. To me, it seems simple. You get a couple guys to the net and you put pucks on on net. You just go back to the basics and you make it simple. I hate to say this because I'm an analytics guy. I'm not one of these intangible guys usually. But they, I mean, I, I'm going to quote Rocky. They just don't look hungry. I mean, I look at, we, I talked about this at the Toronto game. Toronto, man, they get on a power play and they, they want it. They're yep. going, they're going, they're going, they're, they're fighting. And Penguins are just pass it around, pass it around, pass it around, try to find the perfect one-timer. Oh, that doesn't work. We'll go back and get it. You know, then Malkin, God love him, tries some crazy cross-ice pass and they give up a two-on-one. I mean, it's the same thing every night. Do you think the Penguins maybe, they, it's almost like... The, Sometimes I think these veteran players might sandbag a little, you know, knowing that these games in the early part of the season, all the points matter. But again, maybe after the all-star break, something changes. Maybe they'll, they'll make, they'll put, get a net front presence like a Patrick Hornquist, somebody that can do something in front of that net because older Penguin teams that scored on the power play, there was always disruption in front of the goaltender. Well, they there, need more of that. There's but I, none of that. I hope you're wrong about the, the, the sandbagging because they should have learned the lesson last year. You're All right. these points matter. Yes, and they do. They, they, you know, they're, they're, they're in some trouble. I really believe because they're not. They're getting exceptionally high goaltending right now. Oh yeah, they're not going to continue to get this high level of goaltending. Who would have thought goaltending would be the least of their problems? It's the only reason they're staying in these yeah. games. Yeah. Well, really, they only have one line that's scoring. Okay, and it's really Sid and yeah. Jake. So I mean, unless they get some scoring elsewhere, this is going to be a long. The last season. month, Malkin has been horrible. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm in, sorry, he in, has been. In good Penguins news, my friend Chris Zaber, who works for the Penguins, sent out a thing. You can actually buy player used stuff now. Just we got to get some good Penguins news going on. Okay. There we go. Listeners, yeah. if you're out there, you know, if you got some big money to spend, some of the prices are, but they're authenticated stuff. You can get pucks and everything else. So, hey, it, just something fun to talk about other than that dreadful power play. But you can go online and look. It's the first time that they, they've offered some of that stuff in the pro shop there or the or the, or the official shop, whatever it's called. You can get game use sticks. You can get all that stuff. So I think that's kind of cool for Penguins fans. Yeah, we only have about a minute and 20 here in this segment, but that Steeler game Sunday, guys, I don't know if i've seen a worse performance in a long time and of course oh. they were my survivor pick i should have known better that's so, the old we should have had some, special. S- some sad music for bob He's, uh, well, i was no. cranky all day sunday sorry summer we, we can talk more about it in the pick segment but yeah. my hot take is i've been a tomlin guy forever that game was I'm, I'm on the fence now if they lose tomorrow if you lose back-to-back home games to two and ten teams do you really deserve to have your job? I mean, you already can the offensive coordinator. You got nowhere else to turn. I know Pickett's hurt, but and that the other thing is, and we'll talk about that over under is the safest bet I've seen in years. Thirty two points. Well, it keeps dropping. Who's going to get to that? Like Thirty now, I think. Well, it was yeah. thirty two yeah. the other day, yeah. and it's like. Are you kidding me? Did yeah. you see that tweet Paul Zeiss sent out? He's, he wrote, if the Steelers don't win a playoff game this year, it'll be seven years in a row without a playoff win. Tomlin will have failed to win a playoff game in 13 of his 17 seasons as a coach. So think about that. Everybody says he's this elite coach because he's never had a losing record. Is he really? Because the numbers don't lie. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. you got to get into the, the playoffs, in order, and he doesn't get there. Maybe and that's the, the new middle. standard. Yeah, the yeah. Stand, the new, yeah, maybe. I Rich Eisen was talking on his show about how every you'd be insane to get rid of Tomlin. Teams would hire him. Well, let them. Yeah. I mean, 
what we yeah. know what we have with Tomlin right now. I think he's a good coach, but I don't know if he's a good coach with Pittsburgh anymore. Sometimes things get stale. Same with Mike Sullivan, but uh, that's for another segment. We got to get to break here. When we return, we're going to talk to a Pittsburgh Pirates legend. Bob Walk will join us. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. It's a real treat to be on the line with a Pirates legend. We are joined by Bob Walk. Bob, how are you tonight? Doing great. Uh, everything is... Uh... You know, go nice, easy winter. Um, having a good time and uh, just watching uh, what the Pirates are doing down at the um, winter meetings. Yeah, well, hopefully they get busy here. Um, but uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about some uh, glory days in Pirates baseball and uh, get your initial thoughts here on the Jim Leland call to the Hall of Fame. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I've kind of always thought that uh, he would get in. I didn't think there would be, uh, you know, much of a, uh, you know, much trouble. You know, once he, uh, you know, became eligible and could uh, could get voted in, and uh, and he did. And so I, I think it's it's great. Uh, he's a a tremendous man, a tremendous manager. Uh, you know, he's always represented baseball extremely well. Uh, I I thought that uh, you know when Major League Baseball, you know, started the. Um, yeah, the well now I can't think of the name of it. You know, the tournament that we have every four years, the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, yeah, the baseball classic. When Major League Baseball started that years ago, I think it was kind of figured out that uh, you know well, the uh, USA is going to you know be great in that, and then the USA never could do anything, and then uh, they had Leland go in there, and and he did a great job with them. He got those guys uh, to you know to play like it's a playoff game instead of an all-star game and uh USA finally won and I thought that that was like okay now that's the that's the final feather in the cap right there that I mean uh you know makes him one of really the one of the all-time great managers that he could just step right in and manage all those superstars and then they could never do anything and 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 end up winning it all and uh you know it, the, the people that actually have been around him a lot they know what just a great person he is and his character. <clears throat> you know, I don't think it really made much difference what path of life he, he took. I mean, he would he was just a Hall of Fame person. He would have been extremely successful if he was, you know, whatever, a businessman, a politician, uh, anything. Um, he had the, the leadership abilities and, and the character to always be successful no matter what he, uh, what he tried to do or, or wanted to do. And, 
we're just thankful it was baseball is what he chose. Well, speaking of managing superstars, um, Jim put a lot of faith in you, Bob, back in the 1992 NLCS. He went to you in Game 5 in a must-win spot against the Braves, and you responded by pitching a three-hitter to keep the series going. Uh, what did that mean to you, and what did that say about Jim as a manager to go to you? Well, it, it proved that he could manage mediocre guys while <laughs> he could manage superstars. But, uh, no, it, it, um, it meant a lot to me personally just to be you know, chosen because I'd been pitching out of the bullpen up until that period. And, you know, here we are, one, you know, nine innings away from elimination, uh, you know, in game five. I mean, our backs were obviously, you know, the old against-the-wall type scenario, and, and he chose to, to give me the baseball to go out there. And so that uh, showed a lot of faith. It, uh, I think, showed – I always knew, you know, what he what he thought of me, but I think that kind of showed every everybody that, okay, this is the guy that I believe can go out there and, and rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, thank goodness, uh, you know, I did and uh, threw a pretty darn good ball game. And, and we went on to come within – one pitch going to the World Series, but uh, you know, said Bream was sliding across on oh. the plate. We all remember that kind of kind of ruined things right there at the very last moment. But uh, still, uh, it was always a great memory of mine, and uh, uh, you know, I owe so much to uh, to Jim Leland. I mean, basically everything I you know have in my life today. I mean, you know, I was a struggling you know pitcher that was. Uh, you know, kind of been up and down in the minor leagues for a couple of years, going, you know, and starting out in Hawaii and then coming back and after being released in Atlanta. And, um, you know, once uh, once Leland got here, I never had to play another day in the minor leagues. Uh, so, um, you know, he really took care of me. And and hopefully I in, in, in some instances I was able to take care of him. So uh, it, I think it, it put a, a smile on everybody that's ever played for him when they heard that, uh, you know, he was, he was going to be, uh, you know, inducted into the hall of fame. I mean, every player, well, maybe not every player, but you know, 99 out of a hundred players that, that ever played for him really love him. And the guys that don't love him, they respect the heck out of him. Um, I mean, that's just the way it is. Nobody, uh, you know, ever has anything ill to say about Jim Leland and, uh, those those kind of people are hard to find. Well, if I can ask, um, you know, you you played for a number of managers, and obviously, since you're playing days over, you you've interacted with a, just a ton of managers. What sets Jim Leland apart in your mind from some of the other managers you've interacted with? Well, I, I mean, I've, they've all been good. I mean, I I played for four different managers, and all four of those guys uh, managed, uh, uh, you know, a world championship team. Uh, it it, it, it they, they were all pretty good, so it's hard for me to like say, you know, that oh, he's way better than this guy, way better than that guy, way better than this. He's he was he was better. I mean, he was the best that that I had, uh, but they were like more like small things. Uh, you know, they all had you know very good characters. Their leadership skills were great, uh, but Jim was just kind of like took it to a different level. I think the the humor that he could sometimes use, um, and he, he would know exactly when somebody needed to be kicked in the rear end the communication skills always walking around in that outfield uh you know during batting practice having little one-on-ones with people uh you know he wouldn't uh you know call you out 
you know, on a day of a game type thing or a night during the game. That next day, he would find find you out there somewhere where nobody else was around, and you'd have a little discussion. And sometimes that little discussion might not be, uh, you know, <laughs> what you want to hear, but he would be very honest, and you would you would know exactly what was expected of you from now on. And nobody else needed to hear that. It was just you and him, very private out there. And and I thought that was one of the the really neat things that he did as a manager. Um, he never let anything fester. He always was able to seek you out, and he, you know, he tried to do things always quietly. Uh, you know, sometimes if the player didn't want it to be quiet, well, then it didn't get quiet. Everybody remembers the spring training thing with Bonds, but yeah. um, you know, it, that really wasn't his style to you know be on camera and all that stuff. There were a lot of Bonds-like moments to where he was upset with us as a whole, sometimes an individual, but that was always kept you know, out of sight of the, of the public. Well, without getting into things that, that were private and should be private, but do you have any like stories from your time there that, that really, you know, you really fond memories of, of uh, Jim Leland? Anything you can share? Well, you know, I have a ton of really fond memories of him. Um, uh, you know, this is a, is a memory. It's kind of uh, – I shared this with somebody the other day, and I think I've talked about it before, maybe once or twice on a year, years and years ago. But we had a, a, a clubhouse guy who had been there for practically his whole life named John Hallahan. Hooley is what we called him. I mean, he, he was with all the great World Series teams going back with the, the 60 team. And um, now, in, and now, you know, we're in the 90s, and it's – you know he's getting older, and and he fell ill uh, during the season, and ended up passing away. And we won the championship that year, the division, and everybody is we're all partying, and the, the champagne's getting sprayed all around, and and it had been going on for a little while, and and I for some reason I started thinking about Hooley, you know that like wow this would have been great if he could have saw this stuff you know one more time and. So I, I walked through the back door back into the batting cage you know, at Three River Stadium just by myself. I just wanted to go in there and, and kind of be by myself for a second and, you know, get my thoughts together and go back in and join the party. And I was in there just for a few moments, and then here comes Jim Leland through that door. I, I guess he had saw me walk walk through there, and he wondered what, what was going on. Where is he going? Why is he going in there by himself? So he went in, and he asked me, he says, why are you in here by yourself? And I told him that I was just thinking about Hooley and, uh, you know, I just kind of like, you know, started to bring a little bit of a tear to my eye. And I, cause I'm always like, a, I was very emotional, a little bit of a crier, still am nowadays. <laughs> so I've gotten really old. And, and, uh, and then and, and everybody that's, you know, seen Jim, they know that he, he can tear up with the best of them too at times. And so we both, you know, he started talking about Hooley and I started talking about him and, you know, about how, yeah, he would have loved this and all, and all that kind of thing. And, you know, he was a very, you know, much a part of our team. And and then we just kind of like put our arms around each other. We had a little moment there and then went back in and, and joined the party. But that that's the kind of thing that, you know, now the, at that moment he did that with me. But he did that kind of things with a lot of the, a lot of players. And it, it those are the things that were that's how he he was able to to bond with people and 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 have such great relationships with his players because little tiny moments like that 
he would seek out and, and share it with somebody. And, and that's why you run through the wall for that guy. Cause you know that, you know, not only does he care about you, he cares about everybody in the organization. He cares about the other players on the team. Um, and just a, you know, and a, a neat little moment that, that I always think about him and coming in there, kind of seeking me out, wondering what was wrong, why did I walk out there by myself, and uh, he came and found out, and it was just a, a neat moment for me personally to have him come and kind of, okay, everything's great, let's go back in and join the party again, uh, and, and that's just one little, little, little there's so many things, uh, you know, some of the stuff, like even the moments where he was like, after, uh, you know, we've lost four in a row or something, and he'd come in there and just air everybody out. I, 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 I miss those moments, too. I loved it when he was yelling at us. It was like, <laughs> it was it was almost like he was, it was a great show. Because, I mean, he could, he could uh, you know what he would do? You could see out there the way he would go after the, uh, the umpires. Uh, and everybody loved that. You know, he was so animated. Well, he'd do the same thing to us in the clubhouse uh, after bad games. And, <laughs> And, uh, and he'd, he'd disappear into that office for a while. And, you know, guys that hadn't been around a while, they'd start standing up, moving around, and we'd just say, no, no, sit back down. He'll be back. <laughs> and, and then, you know, after a few seconds, said, well, here he comes back out of the office, and he's got more to say. Uh, but uh, I I cherish those uh, those years with, with Leland. They were, uh, you know, my best baseball years of my life. I I, um, I was able to perform pretty well. And, you know, had a great manager, great coaching staff. That entire coaching staff was just incredible. Um, that, that was far and away the, the best coaching staff that I, I had ever been around. They were, they were so, so helpful and, and, you know, they wanted to talk about baseball all the time because here I am a pitcher and I got all kinds of questions. I, you know, I'd ask dumb things like, how, how come you get two guys out on a relay? You know, stuff, stuff like that. And it would be explained to me. And uh, in a lot of places I've been before, it was like, hey, you just go pitch. You, you, we'll worry about those kind of things. And But the, the guys, and, and I think that's part of uh, working for Jim Leland. They didn't care that they that I was a pitcher, and, and they didn't look down on me. They they treated me just like I was a regular player. And and I think a lot of that was, uh, you know, it, it stops at the, starts at the top and falls falls down. And uh, he, he was a great manager with a great staff. Well, Bob, we could talk to you all day long, and it's been a pleasure, and we hope we can have you on again. We can talk about the current team sometime. All righty. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot to talk about right now. They're <laughs> kind of, you know, making their first moves of the winter. Right. Um, yeah, by the time we get to the first week of February, then I think you're going to know what the roster's going to look like. We can, uh, you know, start making meaningless predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It was a pleasure, Bob, and you take care. All right. Anytime. Love talking with you. Bye bye. Thank you. When we return, we'll make our week 14 predictions. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. In the Pennsylvania Army National Guard, get a head start on a career in exciting fields, including science communications, engineering, and medicine, all while earning money for your education. This training will boost your eligibility for a high-paying and rewarding profession, and you can get it all while serving part-time in your community. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Army National Guard, visit nationalguard.com PA and talk to a recruiter today. 
Paid for by the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Come and strive to boys and at mywiseeyes.com. I'm Dan Kennard with your Connect FM local youth sports beat. Sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. The final football game involving a District 9 team was played Friday night. It was the PIAA Class Single A semifinals. In that one, the Red Bank Valley Bulldogs, the District 9 champs, lost to Whitfield champion Fort Cherry by a score of 33-23. to Fort Cherry outscored Red Bank by 13 points in the fourth quarter to secure that win. Red Bank Valley finishes the 2023 season with an overall record of 12-2. District 9 basketball got started this past weekend in boys' games on Saturday, closing out the Brookville tip-off tournament. Brockway lost to Union in the consolation game 81-24. The championship game went to Warren. They scored a 53-34 decision over Brookville. At the Indiana tournament, Punxsutawney claimed the title honors with a 51-21 win over Indiana. At the Keystone tip-off tournament, the Du Bois Beavers came out on top over Oil City in the championship game, 44-27. In girls' games on Saturday, the Brockway tip-off tournament closed out with Punxsutawney the champion with a 43-12 win over Brockway. In the consolation game, Du Bois lost to Carnes City, 26-18. At the Brookville tip-off tournament, Clearfield won the title with a 50-23 win over the Lady Raiders. At the Forest Hills tip-off tournament, Dubois Central Catholic made it to the championship game, but fell there to Forest Hills 67-52. And at the Ridgeway tip-off tournament, it was the Lady Elkers with a 44-22 win over Clarion in the championship game. In basketball action Tuesday night, last night, Dubois Central Catholic was a 51-32 winner over Glendale. In that game, Merrick Hoyt scored 23 points to lead the Cardinals. In other boys' games, St. Mary's beat Brockway 57-28. Clearfield lost to Central Martinsburg 50-36. Ridgeway was a 38-33 winner over Union. In girls' games last night, Dubois Central Catholic beat Monotaw 54-46. In that game, Kaylee Risser led the Lady Cardinals with 14 points. The Lady Dutch of St. Mary's, a 57-23 winner over Brockway. Dubois fell to Central Mountain 67-32, and it was Punxsutawney with a 56-40 win over Tyrone. And in District 9 Wrestling, Clearfield won seven bouts by pin for a 58-9 win over Altoona Tuesday night. Registering pins for the Bison were Dakota Sugars, Adam Ruggi, Colton Ryan, Colton Bumbarger, Hunter Ressler, Carter Chamberlain, and Nick Baylor. And that's the local youth sports beat on Connect FM this week, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons.
Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back, and week 14 is ready to begin, and I'm starting to believe that whatever team has the quarterback left at the end of the season wins. This is turning into Survivor. Yeah, it's really bad attrition all the way around. It's it's pretty crazy, and, and, and you know, I've been talking about Lamar Jackson staying healthy and that being the key. I thought he'd be one of the first ones to get hurt. Here he's the last man standing. Yeah, in the <laughs> AFC North, anyhow, right? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, one of the loyal sons, John Weber, sent this to me the other day. I told him I'd give him a shout-out on the air. There's been 67 different quarterbacks that have thrown a pass in the NFL this year. And uh, Lonnie, Lenny Anderson, said the all-time record is like 70, and that was like 10 years ago or something. That's going to get That's broken. going down. Yeah, and so, you can see the product really suffering as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Well, the Cardinals and Commanders are on by this week, and um, we start off Thursday night football with what should be an offensive explosion. <laughs> oh. The Patriots 2-10 and 10 at the Steelers 7-5 and 5 Thursday night football. Uh, I'm hoping that Al Michaels is still awake by the second quarter uh, in this one, Dave. I mean, look, we're Pittsburgh fans. Obviously, we're going to watch this. But if you're not a Pittsburgh, New England fan, why would you tune this in? I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, New England set a record. They've given up 10 points or less the last three games and lost every one of them. That's never happened. Well, at least not since 1938. Um you know, we know the problems Pittsburgh's having. I mean, that was an embarrassing performance Sunday. And they, they only have three days turnaround. Their quarterback's out. Um, Minka broke his hand. They got problems. But New England's got bigger problems. Uh, I, I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh only because I, I just can't see New England getting 10 points in this game. I just can't. No, stairway talk. I don't know if it's the best talk anymore, but it, I still love it. Um, Najee Harris, though, said it best. They asked him uh, if on Mitch Trubisky, they asked him about his leadership, and he said, quote, it's fine, I guess, unquote. <laughs> and then they asked him a follow-up, how would you describe his style? And he wrote, he said, quote, vocal, I guess, unquote. Like, that doesn't speak volumes about your starting quarterback. Um, to be fair to Trubisky, though, he's had five career starts with the Steelers, and he hasn't had a chance, really. They said he has had a chance, but he hasn't. When he was with the Bears in his, his, uh, his second year with the Bears, his first 10 starts, he had four games of 300-plus yards, six games with multiple touchdowns, 97.3 passer rating, and he was 7-3 and three that year. And he averaged 29.3 points a game. So... I don't know whether it's Dude. the play calling, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's a combination of both. I don't know, but I don't know if Trubisky's the answer. But he's, frankly, I think either him or Rudolph are better than Kenny Pickett. I, I, I still hold true to that. I just don't think Kenny Pickett's the guy. Are you I, taking the Steelers? Yes, I am. All right, I'm taking the Steelers too. But I'm, my question is, how many points do you think they need to score to Ten. win this? Ten. 10, I think first to 10 wins this week. I, and I started on this earlier. With that over-under being 32, I would take the under all day if I still bet sports, and I would feel really, really good about it. Because think about it, 32 means 17 to 14 makes the under. Who's going to get to 17 yeah. in this game? Well, the public is still betting the under, even though yeah. it's at 30 now. Well, 88% of the bets are coming in on that like nine nothing. In order to be an over, you have to have two defensive touchdowns in this game. Yeah. Maybe a safety wins it. All right, the Buccaneers five and seven at the Falcons six and six. D. You know what? I'm actually going to go with the Falcons. Uh, division game. Falcons are ahead in the division. Um, the Bucks are still alive, but I'm still going to go with the Falcons because they got to win this game to keep their division lead alive. Yeah, I'm going with the Falcons too. It's a battle for that division. I picked Atlanta to win the division, so I'm going to stick with them here. 
The Falcons are four and two at home this year, and Tampa they won last week, but they didn't look that great against Carolina. And neither of these teams. I've been saying this all year. I don't believe in either of these teams. I've been picking against Atlanta and missing. I'm going with Atlanta, so I think we're all doomed. But um, <laughs> I, I am taking them at home. They're the division leader. It's they're indoors. I think it, it does favor them. All right, we got the Lions nine and three at the Bears four and eight. Um, the Bears played the Lions tough a few weeks ago when they played. Should have won that game. And, and I'll tell you that the defense, the Bears defense, has improved a lot since the beginning of the year. Whereas the Lions defense hasn't been that great lately. Um, I want to take the Bears here because I feel an upset coming, but I'm not going to do that because I gave you guys too many gifts a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I am going to take the Lions in this, but keep an eye on the weather. Uh, the early forecast has winds over 30 miles per hour, Ooh. and Jared Goff out dealers, mm, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm taking Detroit also because, look, they, they've got to cure the turnovers, but if they take care of the ball, they're still a good offense. I still don't see Chicago being able to handle them. I mean, Chicago got every break in the world two weeks ago and still lost. So I, I'm worried about Detroit a little bit. They, they have looked a little shaky, but I'm going with them. I'm actually taking the Bears in this one simply because they had that game. Again, I mean, they they handed Detroit a victory. Uh, it, the weather will play a factor if, if if that's. I was reading that as well, Bob. Um, and you're right. Detroit's defense has not been great. The Bears, even though that game against Minnesota the other night, two weeks ago, they're coming off a bye. That was a bad football game, but their defense kept them in it. So that's I think what's going to change the outcome of this game. I'm picking the Bears. I like that you're willing to roll the dice there. <laughs> I like that. It. All right, we got the Colts seven and five at the Bengals six and six. Back to you. Dave. Really hard game to pick because you know. Out of the blue, Cincinnati all of a sudden looked really good this week. I mean, yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, Jake I mean, Browning? this quarterback who looked terrible against Pittsburgh. I mean, he looked really, really good. And so now I'm kind of like, are they are they still okay? Are they not okay? But I need to see it twice. Indianapolis has surprised me all year. Cincinnati's defense is still terrible. Um, I think Indy's going to roll up, you know, probably 25, 30 points on them. And it's on Cincinnati to prove to me they can do this twice in a row. I'm going with Indy. I'm actually going to take Cincinnati only because I want a bootleg Browning rifle shirt that they they're making in Cincinnati. They you know people love the fact I love bootleg shirts. By the way, you guys know that bootleg anything is the greatest for shirts, yeah, not I've jerseys. Heard you say that before, yeah, yeah, not jerseys, <laughs> oh, but I the t-shirts. Okay. No, bootleg t-shirts are the, the dumb sayings on them that are like five bucks. I love those, but anyways, I'm actually going Cincinnati in this one. I, I was very impressed with Browning. Yeah, I really was. And um, Indy's on the road again. I, I'm picking Cincy. Yeah, I'm going with Cincy too here. And it's not that I believe in Jake Browning, but the the Colts have to come back to earth here at some point. And uh, they got lucky last week winning that game in overtime. You're doubling down because last week the only game we were different on was the yes. Indy game. Yeah, well, if it doesn't work this week, I'm going with the Colts the rest of the season here. All right, we got the Jaguars 8-4 and four at the Browns 7-5, and five, D. I'm actually picking the Browns because D, my brother, and Jeremy know that Joe Flacco throws nothing but strikes. He's got Super Bowl pedigree. He's going to lead the Browns up and down the field against the Jags. They don't have Trevor Lawrence, so I'm picking Cleveland here. Uh, maybe one season of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, and what is he now? Forty-five. I it's, don't know. It's so great. That he picture threw some of, awful good balls. He did. Last he week. actually looked good. So to me, it comes down to does Trevor Lawrence play in this game? And and I kind of doubt that he's, he's going to play he's this not week. Play. So no. I'm going to go with the Browns here. Uh, was, uh, could you imagine a worse night for the Jaguars Monday? They they lose to the Bengals and they lose their starting quarterback and they lose Christian Kirk. Uh, give me the Brownies. Well, I took the Browns too for all the reasons you just talked about. Um, you know, Jacksonville's defense does not look good. 
you know, look, I don't believe in Cleveland at all, but all of a sudden Jacksonville looks very, very vulnerable. And by the way, that's part of the reason I took Indy. I think they smell blood now. They have a real chance to win that division. Well, the Browns are 5-1 and one at home this year too, so that helps. The Panthers are 1-11. and 11. They're playing the Saints 5-7, and seven, and both of these teams are really struggling. The Saints have lost three in a row. The Carolina Panthers didn't get a bump after firing Frank Reich. I'm starting to believe they're only a one-team win or a one-win team this year, so I'm going with the Saints. Me too. I, I can't, you know, I I can't take Carolina. They just look horrible. Uh, you know, I, I've been on New Orleans, but they're not any good either. But at home, they're they're better than Carolina. Yeah, Saints are favored by five. Carolina's just gross. So yeah, that's it. Saints. Texans seven and five at the Jets four and eight. I think we're over to D. Well, I'm, I'm taking the Texans, although it'll be interesting to see what, how Zach Wilson performs because the saga that's going on there, you know, uh, him being asked to start and then he said he didn't want to and they've had sports psychiatrists in there now trying to rebuild his confidence. There's all these different moving pieces going on. Remember the hype about the New York Jets at the start of the season? Uh, yeah, I was on that hype <laughs> Me train. too, me yeah. too. You know, this great defense <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, so, but no, there's, there's no way Houston loses loses this game no way when you say no way well yeah i mean here's the thing the texans they they look good i mean they lost tank dell um but the jets have only scored four offensive touchdowns in their last 88 drives so i'm going with stroud and the the texans here you have to look i'm not i don't unless and i don't remember if they still play new england again if they and if they don't i don't think i'm taking the jets the rest of the year because they're just they're just a tire fire it's bad they might as well lose at this point rams are six and six at the ravens nine and three the rams are on a roll they've won three in a row the Ravens are in the driver's seat in the AFC here, but they got a tough schedule coming up. They got, well, the Jags, but the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, well, at least a couple teams in there are tough. <laughs> uh, give me the Ravens. They're at home and playing off, or they're coming off a bye. This this strikes me as a real trap game for Baltimore. Um, you know, L.A. Do, is do playing Take better. the Rams. Do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. If it was in L.A., I seriously might. But, you know, again, what do I say? He's still healthy. I'm still taking him. Yeah, honestly, Dave, I'm, I'm along. Right now, the Ravens, this this is their opportunity to win a Super Bowl because the AFC is down. The Chiefs right now are they're gettable. You yeah, can we'll beat, talk about them in a yeah, few minutes, but yes, the they Chiefs. are. I mean, that game against Buffalo here this week is going to tell us a lot. We'll get to that in a minute, but I'm, I'm picking the Ravens right now to me in the AFC. They look like the class act. Um, it, as long as, as long as Lamar Jackson's healthy, but again, you could say that about any team, but the Ravens have been very impressive thus far. The Vikings are six and six at the Raiders five and seven, Dave. I don't know what to make of this game at all. I'm taking Minnesota. I'm not even sure why I'm taking Minnesota. Um, you could you could talk me into anything. Justin in this game. Jefferson's coming back. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, they have they've looked a little better. You know, that, that their defense really impressed me uh a, a couple weeks ago. I mean, I watched that game and it was ugly football, but they Vegas is a mess. I mean, they're both kind of messy, but Vegas is a real mess. I'm going with Minnesota. Yeah, I'm actually only because of Jefferson coming back and that defense. um, I'm taking Minnesota as well. Minnesota is one of those teams – it's just they're very difficult to figure out but the Raiders are not difficult to figure out they're a bad football team so I'm taking Minnesota yeah I took Minnesota too for all those reasons the Seahawks are six and six at the 49ers nine and three D I, I want to take the Seahawks because oh, do, you, do you dare yeah, do I, you? I know I know you're right and I was teasing Dean about that earlier but I'll tell you what San Francisco what they did to Philadelphia 
just was in it. I mean, that was a throttling. I I actually picked Philadelphia. I thought Philly was going to show up. They did not show up. Yeah, it was at supposed all. to be the game of the week and yeah, oof, ugly. But yeah, there. This is actually if there if I was still in any sort of survivor pool and San Francisco was available, th- this is a no brainer. Well, if you had San Francisco available yeah, in week fourteen, yeah, I would have said, "Wow, yeah, that's, that's right." A, but um, yeah, the 49ers here. I mean, when Debo's healthy and Trent Williams and their offense is healthy, my goodness, they are a tough team. Well, they're a juggernaut spread it's that might be a little high but i I don't know it might be a little high but it's hard for me to possibly take seattle i mean san fran is just yeah that might come down a couple you never i mean don't bet that you never know though hey who knows bill how about this for a game of the week the bills six and six at the chiefs eight and four the bills are coming off a bye they've lost three of their last four the chiefs they're historically very good coming off a loss under andy Reid and patrick mahomes I have to go with the Chiefs just because of that. Well, uh, this is my chance to maybe give you a, a, a Buffalo season's on the line. They lose this game. I'm telling I already think they're done. They have to go four and one, I think, to make the playoffs from here. So if they if they drop this, I, I just think they're absolutely toast. I think they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink out there. I think Kansas City just doesn't have the weapons. Kelsey, I mean, he's 34, I think. I mean, he's def- definitely in his mid-30s. He's he's lost a step. He's not as dominant as he was. They don't have the weapons they used to. Mahomes can't do it all himself. You know, th- losing a Green Bay game, I mean, that that's not good. And and I just don't think KC is the same team. Buffalo, it's going to be tough, but I, I'm picking Buffalo. I'm actually taking KC only because the Swifties, T-Swift declared that Kelsey and her are a couple and they've been dating longer than people realize. So they're now a couple. So Kelsey's going to be re-energized and I'm taking KC big in this one. Josh Allen's going to have three picks. So KC big in this one. He might have three picks. I'll give you that. Time person of the year. Yes, that's it. We got the Broncos six and six at the Chargers five and seven. Me? Yep. Uh, My son Darren's just going to just pound me, but I, I... I still don't believe in Denver. I just don't. This is on the road. The Chargers have a better offense than they do. I know the Chargers have found some weird ways to lose all day. They found a weird way to win last week. Six nothing. I wouldn't have picked that, but uh, I'm going with the Chargers at home. Denver. If Denver was at home, I'd pick them. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Denver in this one. Denver's played decent football. They've just had. They've got to limit their mistakes, and I, I think they're a better team right now than the Chargers. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Denver. Yeah, I'm taking Denver too. Um, Russell Wilson threw three picks last week, and that was a difference. Yep. Otherwise, they've been winning the turnover battle. I think this is Staley's final game as the Chargers coach. Eagles ten and two at the Cowboys nine and three. D. You know what? I'm actually going to take Philadelphia in this one. Rivalry game. Philly got embarrassed. I think they have a lot to prove. Dallas doesn't seem to beat good teams. They they don't do very well against them. I forget. I read this the other day. I wish I could remember it. But they they just they haven't they haven't beaten winning teams this year. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking for Philly to bounce back in a big way. Even though Dak's playing at an MVP level, um, I look I look for Philadelphia to win this one. Yeah, the Cowboys are six and home six and zero at home this year. But I got to go with the Eagles. I just can't see them losing two in a row here. And uh, I'm always hesitant to overreact to one week. Yeah, I'm not overreacting in one week. And, and look, I, I despise Dallas, and I'm definitely going to root for Philly, but I'm taking Dallas at home because, I mean, they have looked so good. And, and you know, Dak is in the MVP discussion. He is. If he oh, wins definitely. this game, guys, yes. yeah. he's probably the MVP. Yeah. So I, I'm, 
I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I give a game to you guys because I really can't stand rooting for Dallas. All right, we got to move quickly for these two Monday night football games this week. The Titans 4-8 and eight at the Dolphins 9-3. and three. The Dolphins are also undefeated at home this week, and this one shouldn't be close. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah, look, Miami's just killed all the mediocre teams they've played. I think that'll continue Miami. Yep, moving quickly, Miami, and I'll, I'll actually go to Green Bay. I'm actually going to take Green Bay because the Giants might be the messiest team in football other than Carolina. So yeah. I'm, taking the, I'm taking Green Bay in that one. Same here. They're starting to really come together yeah, here. Jordan Love's starting to look like an actual quarterback, and the Giants, I'm not sure they have any piece of an actual quarterback, so Green Bay. All right, when we return, we'll bring back upon further review. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Oh, this chicken bacon ranch pizza is amazing. Where'd you get it? One stop. Oh, man, these wings? Yep, one stop. But that's a gas station. It's more than a gas station. Sure, you can fill up your car at one stop, but you can also fill up your family with fantastic food. From fresh hand-breaded chicken tenders, subs, salads, to traditional pepperoni pizza and specialty pies like breakfast, buffalo chicken, and pierogi pizza. Locations in Treasure Lake, Sykesville, Reynoldsville, and Grampian. Visit their website at onestopstorespa.com. More than just a gas station, your first stop, your last stop, one stop. Infused IV Bar has all of your health and wellness needs with vitamin-filled IV hydration for cold and flu season, post-COVID symptoms, low energy fatigue, plus custom formulas by our in-house doctor for gout, arthritis, gut health, and more. And now offering fast vitamin IV, you'll be in and out in 15 minutes. Brand new at Infused IV Bar, PEMF Therapy. Recharge your cells in 30 minutes with pulsed electromagnetic therapy, decreasing inflammation and joint pain. Available for pets too. Book an appointment today or find out more about their services at Infused IV Bar at Midway Drive in Dubois or find them online at FuseIVBar.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. And we're back, and we're bringing back upon further review this week, and we're going to let D start us off with a little breaking news. Yeah, I was actually going to talk about the NBA in-season tournament, but um, a friend of mine had sent this to me earlier, and then I got it from some other people as well. Um, Little League is actually now, they're going to expand access and opportunity for young children. At least that's what the headline says out of, out of South Williamsport. Um, what they're actually going to be doing is starting in the 2025 season, players age four through seven throughout the U.S., they'll actually have the ability to register and play for any local little league program they choose without respect to any geography or school related eligibility requirements. I think this is going to be a disaster for little league. Uh, I don't agree with this in any way at all. Um, I don't understand how they think that there's no access to little league or opportunity for little league. I coach little league. There's tons of opportunity for all the kids in the Dubois area, St. Mary's area, Punxsy area, Brookville area, whatever areas I go to, 
It's not like there's anything, I guess these kids are crying for opportunities. What this is going to do, unfortunately, travel baseball has created the travel baseball mentality and it's going to create super teams. You're going to have kids go to these teams. You're going to get kids that are not recruited, but kind of recruited. Oh, they're definitely going to be recruited. Yeah. Let's not, let's not mince yeah. words here. You know, because I get it. I mean, you know, if you're one of the better players, you're going to want to play with other kids. I just think this is of no pun intended, a swing and a miss for little league when they don't really need to exp- do anything to a system that's not really broken. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are, but I I, I disagree with this. Well, I disagree. I, t- I very much disagree with it. I did. I, I I'm pretty vocal about my disdain for some of the travel ball mentality, and instead of fighting it, they're just doubling down on it. And okay, that's fine for your elite kids. They're going to be, you know, fought over and all this. It's going to kill small leagues. I mean, a league like Four Leaf out in Allport, you know, the Bigler area, mm-hmm. a lo- you know, Clearfield might suck those kids up. Right now, those kids can't do that. Yep. They're, they're maybe going to look at that, go to Phillipsburg. You're going to see a lot of your your smaller leagues, you know, your more rural leagues are just going to dry up. It's going to make longer drives for the parents. When those little leagues dry up, it's probably going to mean maybe less playing time for some of these kids who go to these, you know, now you're going to have more people on the rosters, maybe in Clearfield and Phillipsburg. Now look, we're, we're forecasting here. Maybe, maybe we're wrong, but my guess is that this is going to harm the average kid at the expense of the elite kid. And that's exactly the opposite of what they should be doing. No question about it. Look, the the teams, we've all gone to the Little League World Series. It's an amazing event. There's very few things I enjoy more than going with my father, my brother, my nephew, and my son. It, buddies, you see all the kids that play Little League, they're fully engaged. The teams that are at the Little League World Series, if if the goal to get there for any of these teams is to get there, you might want to have more realistic goals because when you see what's what the product is for these elite teams, I haven't seen a team that can really contend with a lot of what's on those fields. You've got, you've got to have such studs. Now, what's going to happen, unfortunately, is you're going to see these teams loaded top to bottom. You're not going to see, you know, a team at the Little League World Series where the seven, eight, and nine hitters are, you know, maybe not as good, you know, and it's a, it's a community that bands together. That's what you, you, you want to, you want that, Little League should be about the areas specific not bringing in kids from, and I'm not picking on these towns, not bringing in kids from Punxy to play in Dubois or vice versa. That just doesn't s- sit well with me. Have we lost our minds? Yeah. I mean, seriously, these are kids yep. and they're treating them like they're, you know, professional players. We've I seen mean, this trend for years. It's just getting worse. This is ridiculous. And uh, you know what? Wow, for him. That's, that's, that's a strong talk that's for Bob. Okay, wow. sure I'm it thinking sure of is. my son, you know, yeah. and, and would he be invited to play on one of these you know, superstar teams. And to me, that's just infuriating because they are supposed to be kids. They're supposed to learn about the love of the game and, and camaraderie and sportsmanship. It's not about winning. And, and I blame the the adults who are making these decisions. hundred percent. We could talk about this all day. I, I want, I do want to come back to this in the winter. Cause I've got more to say, but I do think we need probably need. All to right. I'm hot. Here. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to circle back around. We talked a little bit about how many quarterbacks have been used. I I want to revisit that a little bit, only to say when people wonder why, you know, you'll see some of the old players saying that, you know, it's almost flag football with the quarterbacks and this, that this is why those rules are that way and why the rules are going to continue to be even more that way. And anytime you see anybody get even close to a quarterback's head, they're going to call it because 
the product, you said it perfectly, Bob, the product is suffering for this. Some of these games now with these quarterbacks out and these second and third string quarterbacks, these games are awful. Yeah, I'm sorry. To, who wants awful. to tune into a game to watch Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky? Well, and maybe, maybe you get a diamond in the rough, like maybe this, this Cincinnati quarterback, yeah. Browning, yeah. but m- nine times out of ten, you're getting a Mitch Trubisky. And look, I understand what you're saying. His footwork's terrible. I, yeah. I, I, I took one look at him in the first game last year, and I'm like, oh, please, no, no. But at, my point is, I know everybody's frustrated, especially, you know, if you're a Steeler fan, you're into defense and you see somebody move what looks like a good hit on the quarterback and then he puts all his body weight on me, slams him into the turf and it's a flag. But I understand why the league's doing it. And we just look, folks, we're just going to have to get used to it because there's no way an owner and a league are going to put up with $500 million worth of quarterbacks on the IR and not try to protect their investment. Well, yeah, it's funny. Colin Coward, I listen to him a lot because I've told you in a listener, I drive around a lot. So I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I also listen to this show when I'm driving around and I on repeat. One of the things I love to Colin Coward said, he compared families or someone paying for a wedding and setting the guest list. And he said, hey, Uncle Earl, you're going to sit in the back because I don't like you. Why I'm saying that is this. The NFL owners, the television rights are such that they're bringing in billions of dollars nationally and internationally, okay? The NFL owners don't want the Bills-Chiefs game to be backup quarterbacks. They want Allen and Mahomes. 100%. They, that's, that's the reason why the crackdown on, on protecting these quarterbacks needs to be further enforced. Believe me, we all grew up you know, with that mentality of getting your bell rung and, you know, rub some dirt Dust on it, off. it. Yep. That's, I get it. And these guys are all tough. They're, I mean, they're the most elite athletes in the world, but quarterback is such a difficult position to play. There's maybe 10 people in the world that can do it well, right? Like really well, you got to protect those people. You have to, or else look at the ticket prices or some of the, I love when I'm sitting watching these games on, on, uh, uh, on DirecTV, and I'll, I'll watch the New England game, and I love looking at the ticket prices. You could get into some of these games for three dollars, five NFL games. That's why you protect quarterbacks. Yep. Well, we we only have about a minute here to discuss this, so I'll just say it real quickly. Um, D, I think you sent this out. The uh, Steelers applied to host the draft in 2026 yes, or sir. 2027. And you guys know I love the draft, but my question to you is, would you attend if it's in Pittsburgh? hundred percent. Absolutely. I've attended many drafts. Bob, I, you love the draft more than anybody I know. The, you've got to get to the NFL draft. It is one of the coolest events, and the NFL and their marketing teams have made it into this event. People from all over the world come. The fan bases are rabid. The players interact with other people. I mean, it's, it's a really fun event, and if it's in Pittsburgh, it's going to be crazy. You guys have fun. <laughs> I'm not going. Uh, well, I think it's one of those once in a maybe lifetime kind of sports events. Like, where else are you going to go? I mean, I know you went to Radio City Music Hall there when they were there. Yeah, it was it was very very yeah. cool. Um, and I actually, I it's it's outgrown Radio City Music Hall, which is why yeah. they, you know. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they have it. I think it'd be really cool if it was on the point. Um, I, you know, or maybe outside of Heinz Field in the North Shore. Yeah, could, I'm sure it'd be down the North Shore. Yeah, somewhere. it'd be yeah. very cool to see. All right. Well, it's uh, that time of the week, and this hour went very quickly. But, D, let's uh, go ahead and get lost here. All right. Hashtag get lost. 
Only deals you get at drive-thrus are on the apps. Hashtag get lost to that. I'm in my car a lot. I want deals at fast food places and I don't want to have to wait for the app to load. So hashtag get lost to that. I think he just jumped the shark. I mean, he just talked about something that had nothing. Oh, wow. I, uh, okay. Well, I, I don't disagree though. Well, I, I'm kind of stunned at that. I, I'm going to circle back to Little League. I had something else, but hashtag get lost to this stuff about you know super teams, you know, and we'll talk more about it, but you know the average player needs attention, and I'm sick and tired of seeing it be all about the elite players. Yeah, well, our uh, hashtag get lost to a lack of closing music here tonight, guys. I looked for it; it's not there, so we got about 30 seconds. Hashtag but... get lost to Bob on the board. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. it just wasn't loaded, so blame blame somebody else, right? But uh, um, hashtag get lost to survivor polls because I lost, and I got to tell you. That infuriated me. Not only did the Steelers lose, but I lose the survival poll picking the Steelers. I should have known better. I did tell you to take the Chargers. Hey, for, for Dave, for D, and he was right. I'm Bob. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week at 7 o'clock for Under Review.